You're listening to Soaz Radio, and this is Let's Talk About Dongxi with Victoria Yu, where we look at happenings in China related to literature, music, and art, and the larger framework of culture, history, and politics. But first, what is China? What does it mean to be Chinese? In the following episodes, I will embark on a journey to understand these big questions based on my own experiences and time in China. We will explore the diverse and complicated ties people have to this country through things that interest me, along with some of the questions I continue to grapple with. In that case, it is important to have an understanding of who I am. So here's an intro. Hey everyone, my name is Victoria Yu, and I'm Chinese American, born in the suburbs of Los Angeles, California, and raised in the city lights of Shanghai, China, with stints in various other Chinese cities. My family mixes northern and southern China, which explains why some people say the way I speak Chinese is funny, because my accent and idioms is a mix of these, and also influenced by my peers from school from all other Chinese-speaking regions of Asia. In my extended family, I have a lovely stepmother and half siblings who belong to the Uyghur minority of the Xinjiang province. That may mean nothing to you if you don't know about the Uyghur struggle in Xinjiang, but don't worry, I'll expand on that in a later episode. As for myself. I often feel less American than Chinese. I feel even less Chinese American because I didn't spend the majority of my youth in the U.S. Therefore, I haven't had a typical Chinese American experience. And yet, there are times when I feel too American in China. Some may say that as an in-betweener, I am a bridge between two countries. But sometimes it feels more like being stranded in limbo. Either way. I have made the most of it, and through my ten years of living in China, I decided to share some reflections, questions, and musings I have of the country that raised me. There are many of those like me around the world, and at Soaz, there are plenty of students with more complicated, varied, and interesting backgrounds than I have. But since this is still a perspective I haven't often heard expressed, I thought I'd give it a shot. So here we go. Let's talk about Dongxi. Let's talk about stuff. You're tuning in to the pilot episode "Harmonious China," where we begin in 1949, the birth of China as a new communist nation. Chairman Mao Zedong's warbling inaugurational speech was a defining moment in time. Since the 1840s, China has been in a constant state of turmoil. European colonial influence had led to treaty ports and the Opium War, and from within, Qing Dynasty China had moved into the Republican era, and Western culture was embraced with open arms by the government. Then there were the Sino-Japanese Wars, which included the Rape of Nanjing, and multiple internment camps, such as the Longhua Camp in Shanghai, famously portrayed in the novel by J.G. Ballard and the movie adaptation *Empire of the Sun*. These are only a few general broad strokes to illustrate the trying times it had been for the people of China. Mao's speech was seen as a sign of hope for future prosperity and harmony in the aftermath of this history. In retrospect, we know better. We know about the long march to Yan'an, where thousands of people died. We know the Great Leap Forward was more greatly backward, where crops and animals of the commune farms failed and millions of people starved to death. We know about the Hundred Flowers campaign, which seemed like a chance to give the people the opportunity 
to voice their opinions to Mao and the people's government when it really was just a ploy to weed out those with differing views. And while we know all about this, whether we grew up outside or inside China during those struggles, it all seemed like things would be better in 1978 when Deng Xiaoping came to power and opened the gates of China to the world again. The economic reforms brought promise and many people still credit China's current rocketing rise in the world to Deng and his reforms. Yet, it was also under Deng Xiaoping that the Beijing June 4th Tiananmen incident of 1989 had occurred. Like all eras of seeming increasing peace, prosperity, and growth, there will always be underlying issues that are either swept under the carpet or willfully ignored in national amnesia for the benefit of the greater good. In the coming episodes, we'll be discussing some of these issues in more detail, but since the Chinese New Year had just occurred a few weeks ago, I thought it would be apt to begin with a state version of a harmonious China with a song often performed at the CCTV Spring Festival Gala and at provincial shows documented live for TV that a majority of Chinese families will watch from home. Careful now, the tune can be quite catchy. Don't
That song just now is called "I Wo Zhonghua" by Song Zuying, which has been translated into "Love My China" or "Love Our China." The song praises how harmonious and unified the multi-ethnic brothers and sisters of China are, and how even though they are very different, they are all unified by their national pride. The lines "56 Brothers, 56 Flowers, 56 Brothers and Sisters are one family, 56 This roughly translates into fifty-six constellations, fifty-six flowers, fifty-six brothers and sisters are all one family, fifty-six languages all speak one sentence: "Love our China, love our China, love our China." It was only after I started playing the song did I realize that it is actually a great jumping-off point for the rest of this series because China is probably one of the most homogeneous, diverse countries in the world. Don't take my word for it, but if you were to put a few of the various ethnic minority groups side by side, if it weren't for the languages and traditional ethnic clothing, I would have a hard time visually telling them apart from the ethnic Han majority. But before I get too technical. Let me go back to the song and tie this all back together. First of all, as a propaganda song, it is praised for modern China's ability to govern across its gigantic landmass and diverse peoples. Which, if taken seriously, you gotta hand it to China's ability to govern its land, even though the methods may be less than savory in some cases. But who are we kidding? Every country has issues, and. Just for the record, I am not using relativism as an excuse for China, but simply stating the good and the bad. Second of all, it is a song in praise of unity through nationalism. When you have that much ethnic diversity, nationalism is probably one of the few platforms in which you can unite the people under. You have to have everyone buy into the idea of a shared land and space known as China. Though that eventually comes into question as well when we look at the examples of the Tibetans and Uyghurs. Third of all, it is a song that can be used to contrast the actual living conditions of many ethnic minorities in China right now, and how many of their languages, histories, and cultures are being threatened or have been destroyed by the dominant Han culture over time. Lastly, it is a song that is meant to uphold China's image. Hence, I'll also look at dominant Han Chinese culture and how the Western world perceives it, which includes the global Chinese diaspora, a vast and varied community within itself. Obviously, this is a huge project to embark on and represent in short segments, but I hope that these fragments will allow you to piece together your own interpretation of China today. This pilot episode is simply just an introduction of what you can expect from me in the future. I'm Victoria Yu with Soaz Radio, and this is the end. Oh, let's talk about Dongxi. Let's talk about stuff. I look forward to sharing ideas with you all very soon again. Ho hui, you qi.